that's the specials. Let me turn this up here. There we go. Welcome. You're in Ghost Town once again. Glad you could make it out. Last time, last week, Adam and the Ants was the featured guest. And I played you some early tracks, as well as uh, tracks from the, uh, the debut, Dirk Wears White Socks. The unsung, the unsung hero of the early days, Adam and the Ants. It wasn't until their follow-up in 1981, Kings of the Wild Frontier, did they start getting some notoriety. And then the tracks from the first record started charting. And people started buying the records up like they were brand new. So it was a little reverse effect for Adam and the Ants as far as their uh, first record and early singles taking off. But we're going to pick up today in just a little bit with the sophomore release, Kings of the Wild Frontier. That's Adam and the Ants visiting once again in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. We're going to kick it off with the cars coming at you from 1979. The sophomore release, Candy O. It's the title track. This is Radio Free Nashville, WRFN LP, Pasquo. Stay tuned. I'll be here with you for the next couple hours. Bringing you post-punk new wave, Adam and the Ants. Lots of great stuff. All right, it's the cars in Ghost Town.
Candio, it's the Cars coming at you from the sophomore release of the same title from 1979. I have one more here for you. Don't tell me no off of Panorama 1980. It's the Cars. Don't Tell Me No, 1980s Panorama. That's the cars. Double dosage for you to kick off the show. And now one of my favorites, a non-album single 
released on the compilation Sand in the Vaseline. It's Talking Heads in Ghost Town. I'm Creepy Steve. This is Radio Free Nashville. I want to live off sand in the Vaseline, the compilation, it's talking heads right now. Devo from 1980. Off of the album Freedom of Choice, this is Gates of Steel, you're in Ghost Town.
Devo from Freedom of Choice. That's Gates of Steel right now coming at you. And they're on tour. I'll talk about it after this song. Motorway to Roswell. After Trump Le Monde from 1991. It's the Pixies in Ghost Town. Oh, 
the Pixies from 1991's Trompe Le Monde LP. It's Motorway to Roswell. Pixies doing a huge tour. And a couple dates, it looks like, this week in Africa. And then uh, next month in April, they'll pick up here in the U.S., starting at the Fox Theater in California. These are selling out quick, people. Um, They will be in Nashville May 5th at the Ryman. Tickets still available, though. Uh, Last time I checked, it was the edges of the venue. So, you know, practically sold out unless you've got the ins or you're one of those scalpers and or you've got friends that are, you know, hook it up for yourself. Treat yourself. All right. Getting right into it. A few more tracks here. Actually, two more before we get into our special guests to return once again. Adam and the Ants, part two this week. They're hanging out in the green, <laughs> the green room in spirit, of course. But until uh, until it's their time, I've got two tracks from Susie and the Banshees. First one, <clears throat> excuse me, 1982's Kiss from the Dreamhouse record. This is Melt. You're in Ghost Town, Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. <laughs>
Susie and the Banshees melt off a kiss in the dream house from 1982. One more for you. And then our special guest, Mirage from the Scream. This is out of 1978. Susie and the Banshees. You're in Ghost Town. That's from the album The Scream, Susie and the Banshees, Chillin' in Ghost Town. All right, people, it's that time of the day. We're getting into our featured guest, Adam and the Ants, back once again. Thanks, fellas. They're here in spirit. Bear with me now. So between February, uh, well, first of all, we left off with uh, Dirk's, Dirk Wears White Socks, um, the late 79 release, uh, the, the debut of Adam and the Ants on the independent record label Do It Records. And uh, left off with that, um, they hired McLaren, Malcolm McLaren, to manage the band. And uh, he convinced everybody but Adam to quit and form the band Bow Wow Wow, uh, fronted by Annabella Lewin or Elwin. I never knew how to pronounce that. But anyways, Adam was uh, needing a band. And between February and April of 1980, <clears throat> he put together a new version uh, with Marco Peroni, an ex-member of Susie and the Banshees. Also the models, Rima Rima and uh, Cowboys International. Uh, he signed on as the guitar player, also uh, chief songwriter 
along with with Adam Ant. Uh, also, Kevin Mooney on bass, and then two drummers to create the new sound, to, to fill out the new sound, rather. Uh, Terry Lee Mile and Chris Hughes, who uh, was uh, later, who, well, who later donned the pseudonym Merrick. So people call Chris Hughes Merrick. So Merrick and Terry Lee Mile, the drummers, Kevin Mooney bass, and Marco Peroni on guitar, joining Adam Ant. And uh, came out with a really kick-ass record that was released in 1981. This really, really did wonders for the band's popularity. And uh, they found themselves touring internationally. Uh, several albums on the charts. And then, as I mentioned before, the, the early songs, the early singles and the Dirk Wears White Socks tracks started showing up on the alternative chart. So just a big time in the 1981 time <laughs> that year was huge for Adam and the Ants. I'm going to start off with a track from Kings of the Wild Frontier. Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town for the next ooh, hour, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Radio Free Nashville. It's Dog Eat Dog.
you have fans behind me, Martha. I'll give you a moment to catch your breath. It's very nice to have you here. We've had a lot of anticipation of your arrival. Adam, would you please introduce your colleagues, starting off on with... right on guitar, we've got Marco Pironi. Hello. Marco. Hello. Welcome. Nice to have you here. The first drummer over here. And this is the one and only Merrick. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. And the other side is Terry Lee Mile. Terry Lee, nice to have you here. Welcome. And lastly, on bass. And lastly, on bass, Gary Tibbs. Gary, welcome. You have been well covered by the press in several countries now, and anything I'd ask you would be redundant, but I've got to start with the basics. You were a graphic designer. Did you decide that this group would have this look three, four years ago when you started? Uh, yeah, well, it was a combination of uh, three or four different makeups and just progressing through different looks and different shows. I read in one column where it said you didn't seek an audience, you wanted to create an audience. What does that mean? Well, I didn't want to steal anybody else's. I just wanted to keep on with what I believed in. And uh, I think that the fans all over the world, and especially here in the States, are proving that they like what they hear. Well, it's, it's a very rare thing that uh, we f get the feedback from the audience. They say, when are they going to be here? When will they be here? And, and so many requests. Will you be here a long time? Will you be making public appearances? Yeah, we're on, in the middle of a tour at the moment, a, UK to, uh, a USA tour. And... Uh, and uh, when that's finished, we hope if you know, the demand's going as well as it is, we'd love to come back and play for you in America. We thank you very much for joining us here on your first television visit. Much good luck, Marco. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, Adam and the Ants.
Ant Music, Adam and the Ants, off of Kings of the Wild Frontier, the new and improved, if you will, lineup. And while assembling uh, this this new band, the new version of the band, Ant and Peroni re-recorded uh, the Dirk Wears White Sox track, Car Trouble Part 2. This was a contractual fulfillment for uh, Do It Again Records, the independent label with which the band was signed to uh, during the recording of this album. Um, and the independent label, the indie label Do It, released the single under the shorter title, Car Trouble, in March of 1980. And it actually reached number one on the UK singles chart, on the indie singles chart. And uh, the following month, uh, the band recorded the single Kings of the Wild Frontier, and they were trying to shop that around to record companies. And still without a label, they, uh, they put together their own tour. They did a major UK Ants Invasion tour, and then they eventually signed a major deal with CBS Records and began recording Kings of the Wild Frontier. Keeping it going, Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town, baby. the uh, 
the American Indian, the image of the American Indian with uh, kids today, you've drawn some kind of comparison in the past? Oh, well, I think that there's a lot of lessons to be learned from Indian culture spiritually. I think that it's a very bold, very honourable culture. For me as a lyricist, I think it is. And I think that it's one of courage and conviction, which I think you're going to need even more courage in the 80s. Um, and maybe perhaps... Uh, I think a lot of people's, young people's integrity is, um, is, a, is a threat, is being threatened, you know, has been threatened over the last 10, 20 years because of the use of, and abuse of things like drugs, which none of, which I hate, and alcohol, this is why I'm trying to sort of get no alcohol at concerts and encourage kids to dress up instead of go out and, I don't know, get involved in bad things.
Kings of the Wild Frontier, Adam and the Ants, off of the same titled LP, released in 1981. Also in there, Feed Me to the Lions from the same record. And uh, this album, Kings of the Wild Frontier, was a hit in the UK, and it put the band at the forefront of what was called the New Romantic Movement. Uh, this album reached number one on the, on the UK album's chart, and this was in January of 1981. Um, three singles came from the, the release, the record. You've already heard all three of them. Um, the first one was Dog Eat Dog, which reached number four on the UK singles chart in October of 1980. Also, Ant Music went number two in January of 81. And uh, uh, it was said that it was kept out of the number one spot by the recently assassinated John Lennon. I don't know what charted at number one of his in that year. Maybe you could look that up and let me know. Um, and then also, uh, Ant Music. Well, Ant Music did go on to go to number one in Australia, and uh, it stayed there for five weeks in Australia. Um, the third single, which you just heard, "Kings of the Wild Frontier," reached number two in March of '81. And uh, when they released it independently, with you know, before the release, before they signed the record deal, and before they recorded and released the record, um, it had previously charted in August of 1980 at number 48. So. The album was a huge success, and it uh, definitely did wonders for their early releases as far as sales and chart charting positions. And um, you know, they did a huge tour around this record. Gonna keep it going off of the record. Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve.
at one time, and again, I only know this from reading about you, uh, it was said that you were a punker, that that was your style of music. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. No, um, Have you made a change in the direction somewhere along the line? No, I believe that the word punk was not only meaningless, but a term that was never actually accurately interpreted. Um, by the time the Sex Pistols, who were the, the, the forerunners of that particular movement, were national property on TV, it was all finished. It was a very tiny, very elitist movement, styled, uh, mainly a revolting style rather than anything else. When you say elitist, how, how, how was it elitist? It was very small, it was like a club really, mm -hmm. a very tiny collection of people, uh, for instance Marco was uh, involved in it, but basically it was drawn together by um, people who enjoyed similar types of music they couldn't hear anywhere else, and clothes, and a look, really, and being told you didn't have to be uh, a heavy group or a super group to play on stage. But all the politics side of it was always nonsense, and uh, I, I'm very, I don't like politics in music. Uh -huh. Now, there are words that run through the subculture of Adam and the Ants, uh, words like ant music, mm. sex people. Yeah. Can you define those terms for me? Well, they were given to me by the audience primarily. I've been using them for about two years now. Uh, ant music really is, uh, we use it, we name our own music ant music to prevent classification mm -hmm. and bracketing from other people. Um, I don't think that's pretentious considering it's taken four years to get the sound. Uh, sex people is just purely, you know, kids wrote me letters saying that they, when they dress up, I think part of dressing up and part of fashion, the basic essence of it, is a very pure sex, a very pure, enjoyable form of sex, an innocent form, not a kind of decadent taboo site, a very fresh thing. I think it can be utilised very, very well by young people. Right. How did you pick the name Adam and the Ants? Um, it was purely accidental, really. I always liked ants, because there was this other group of years back. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. And um, they're small, they're tough, they stick together, and they're supposed to be intelligent. I hope we're all of that.
Don't be square. Be there. Adam and the Ants. There it is. Sing along. Sing along, people. It's there for you. Kings of the Wild Frontier is the album we are heavily involved with right now. You also heard Ants Invasion before the Tom Snyder interview with Adam Ant. Going to keep it going right now. Picasso visita el planeta de los simios. Adam and the Ants. Anson Ghost Town. I kind of goofed uh, before I played that song. I said we're right into the uh, the meat of uh, Kings of the Wild Frontier. Heavily involved, I believe, were my words. But actually, I'd already wrapped that album. I didn't even realize. And uh, you just heard Picasso Visita el Planeta de los Simios. 
which translates to Picasso Visits the Planet of the Apes. And that's off the follow-up LP, Prince Charming, which was released in November of 1981. And uh, the band had two UK number one singles off this album, Stand and Deliver, uh, which was in the, on the chart for five weeks in the UK. This was in May of 1981. And it followed... Uh, it was followed up by Prince Charming, which topped the UK charts for four weeks in September of 81. And uh, these are... Uh, Adam, Adam Ant started getting into uh, video production heavily um, with, uh, with Kings of the Wild Frontier and definitely continued on with that passion for Prince Charming. Um, you should see some of these on YouTube. Stand and Deliver and, yeah, Prince Charming choreographed his own dance for that one, which was a sensation I'm not a huge fan of Prince Charming or the uh, the the song Prince Charming or Ant Rap, which was actually another single off the album, reached number three in January of '82. I will not be playing those today. Just personal preference thing. Check them out though. Stand and deliver. I'm sorry, I will play that one. Prince Charming and Ant Rap off of the album Prince Charming. Check them out. Check them out. I've got a quick interview bite here, and then we'll get into Stand and Deliver, the single off of Prince Charming. You're in Ghost Town, Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. Well, Adam, that is a stunning piece of television. Is that kind of lavish visual presentation now an essential part of the making of a hit? Um, yeah, I think that we're now in an age of audiovisual records, and I think that the audio side of the music industry is um, about to go bang. Um, I just think that people want to see records as well as hear them. How much of a part do you play in the visual images, in conjuring up those images that uh, we've just seen? Um, well, I actually write the, the, the scripts and the storylines um, to illustrate the lyrics. And uh, then I take the story to Mike Mansfield, who makes uh, the films. It would seem to me, watching it, that you enjoy yourselves very much in the making of them. Um, yeah, I think that physically it's quite... Uh, painful to make it have to get out of bed at six or five to get there at six and it's very early and it's very cold but you know after all the effort um at the end of the day you feel much stronger and you feel as though you've you know when you look at it um it's going to give a lot of people a lot of pleasure you hope now there's been a very obvious shift in popular music in the last year or 18 months or so away from punk and towards a more romantic approach which you typify really why do you think that happened because I think uh, there was a lot of, uh, with the economic recession, things were very grey. Everywhere you look, things were very uh, depressed and people even began to dress very grey. And um, I think that politics had crept into music to a very alarming degree, which I think was borne out by the riots recently. And a lot of people, such as myself, decided that there was no place for that kind of political negativity in music and uh, got back to showbiz.
Stand and Deliver, the five-week number one single from Adam and the Ants on the Prince Charming album, released in 1981. Uh, The band further cashed in on reissues of early material um, that they put out again in 1982. Um, There was an album that, I'm sorry, there was a a movie that was released in uh, 78 called Jubilee, and uh, Adam and the Ants, the, uh, the early lineup featured two tracks on that soundtrack also ant had a small part in the movie and uh the band uh, reissued those recordings on a seven inch single released in 1982 uh deutsche girls was the a side and it reached number 13 on the uk singles chart here it is in ghost town Adam and the Ants, Deutsche Girls from the Jubilee soundtrack, reissued in 1982, originally recorded and put out in 78. Uh, also the film that it went along with, 1978 originally. Um, also cashing in on early releases. In the indie label, Do It Records released some singles from the uh, Dirk Wears White Sox sessions recorded in 1979. Here's uh, the A-side, Friends. This is Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town, Radio Free Nashville. I'm a friend 
Mr. Pastry, I'm a friend of Alan Jones. I'm a friend of Shirley Bassey. I'm a friend of your chromosomes. I'm a friend of Stuart Sutcliffe. I'm a friend of Michael Miles. I'm a friend of Jim Morrison. I'm a friend of Nobby Styles. I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. I'm a friend of a friend, but you don't know me. I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And if I come on the night, can I get in free? I'm a friend of Egon Sheila. I'm a friend of Mr. Spock. I'm a friend of Doctor Kildare. I'm a friend of the Wooden Tops. I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. I'm a friend of a friend that you don't know. Friends, that's the 1982 single by Adam and the Ants, released by Do It Records. Their independent label from the early days. These are sessions from 1979's Dirk Wears White Socks. Here's one of the B-sides, Kick. Got another one for you, Physical, after this and a short interview. You're in Ghost Town with Adam and the Ants. I'm Creepy Steve.
met Adam, you've been really travelling to various different places, haven't you? Yeah, we've been, uh, well, three-quarters of the way around the world. We've been to uh, all of the United States, Canada, and 12 countries in Europe. And how, how did the reaction to ant music differ from country to country? Um, well, it, it, you know, it was generally uh, very positive, and we had, you know, uh, set-out audiences everywhere. Um, I think the Channel Islands was a lot of fun as well. We yes. did uh, Jersey and Guernsey. And also down in Cornwall, you know, right down the other end of the country, which was great. Did you find in sort of all over Europe that people were, were turning up with all the the, ant, the, uh, the sort of dress on that they do in this country, that they were as into yeah. it as they are in this country? Yeah, they were They were very positive about that. They came along, and uh, especially in, in the USA, you know, they, yeah. they tended to get into the, the fun of the thing, come along and you know, celebrate the occasion, which was good. And you're going back to America tomorrow, aren't you? Uh, yeah. How long yeah, are you going to be over off. there for? Well, we're there for we're only there for four shows. Mm. We're finishing off the, the world tour with the King Show. We're yeah. doing uh, Australia after that for the first time, and Japan, and then we come back, and we go back again. And um, but the nice thing is that at Christmas we're coming to do quite a large tour in Britain. We're doing, oh, do you know yeah. which places you'll be visiting yet? Yeah, well, it's not been finalised, but we're what we're trying to do is do um, three or four shows in each major area, so mm. that. Kids from surrounding areas can come and see it as well. So we're in each town for three or four days. Because this must be a problem if you're sort of cracking the whole world now. You're going to have, find it very difficult to keep visiting everywhere and keep everyone happy, aren't you? Well, you know, I mean, by the time you've played one place um, and you, you go back there again, you know, they've seen it once, so they want to see something fresh. So, you know, we, we've just moved on into, like, the new, the new, the Prince Charming uh, project, really, and uh, that's a new... That's a new look and everything, new hair, new clothes. So some parts of the world haven't seen kings yet, so I have to do the kings.
Physical, the B-side to the single Friends. That's Adam and the Ants, reissued in 19, well, released in 1982. These were recordings that uh, were from the Dirk Wears White Sox sessions, 1979. They did not make the album. So cashing in on the success, the band and its original independent record label, Do It Records, released uh, this single and the two B-sides, Kick and Physical, in 1982. And they were successful. Uh, I neglected to mention earlier, even though he was introduced in an interview, um, Kevin Mooney, the bass player, left shortly after the recording of Kings of the Wild Frontier, and he was replaced by Gary Tibbs, and that completed the final lineup that would be, well, what would be the final lineup to Adam and the Ants, because they disbanded in 1982. A flash in the pan. Um, in early 1982, they received a Brit Award for the best album for Kings of the Wild Frontier, and also a Grammy nod for Best New Artist that year in 82. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little throaty today. It was a Saturday, people. Um, and uh, in 82, in March of 82, feeling certain band members lacked enthusiasm was the quote. Ant disbanded the group. And initially, he was quoted as saying that the split was amicable, but later he said the interest just wasn't there anymore. It might have been Adam and the Ants on the billboards, but not on stage. Um, also it was said that Peroni quit as he was tired of touring. And then a few months after the split, Adam launched a solo career. And though he retained uh, Marco Peroni as a co-writer, um, he, you know, they had a lot of success together. And so I think it was cool that Marco stayed on as a creative effort or a creative force to, uh, supplement Adam's writing efforts and, and whatever I'm trying to say, talent, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just digging a ditch here. Um, Ant did enjoy immediate success with the third UK number one single, Goody Two Shoes. And we're about to wrap up our Adam and the Ants segment, though I do have a couple of uh, Peel Session tracks here. This is fun. These are from the late 70s. I don't know the exact year, but uh, we're going to wrap it up with these two here. First of all, It Doesn't Matter, the Peel Sessions, recorded for John Peel, BBC One Radio. Here we go. Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm Creepy Steve. One, two, three.
smell, baby. It doesn't matter. I love this early stuff. I, I'm going to hold on to my opinion that I, I favor the early tracks from Adam and the Ants. More to the later stuff, but I appreciate the later stuff too. All right, going more with going along more with my early stuff preference. Here's Legotage, another peel session for you. Adam and the Ants in Ghost Town. And the Ants, Legotage, from the complete BBC One Sessions, the Peel Sessions. That wraps it for Adam and the Ants. Hope you've enjoyed. Check them out. They uh, they had quite the look to them, especially in the later half of the career. Plenty of stuff on YouTube, folks. Uh, you can see their Native American meets pirate attire and the, the face paint. The stage annex, all very theatrical. People got into it. People got into it. It's quite the transition from stripped down punk rock to uh, flamboyant entertainment show business. And he openly admits it in such words. He was ready to 
make an impact and make some money. All right. I'm going to play some more tracks up until the top of the hour. Make sure you stay tuned for RFN Weekend. Matt the Proud Man will be bringing you classic tunes all across the spectrum. You're bound to love something, if not all of it. All right. The Queen is dead. Big Mouth strikes again. This is from 86. It's the Smiths. I was only joking when I said I'd like to mash every tooth in your head. Oh, sweetness, sweetness, I was only joking when I said by rights you should be bludgeoned in your bed. And now I know my Joan of Big Mouth Strikes Again from The Queen is Dead. That's The Smiths. I'm going to go ahead and send that one out to Jason Wyatt, who informed me that the accompanying vocal is, in fact, Morrissey as well, electronically altered, which I think is cool. It's a nice uh, element to that song. All right. Here's your Sunday girl for a Sunday. If you're looking, it's Blondie.
Sunday Girl from 78's Parallel Lines. It's Blondie. Keeping it going at Ghost Town. Got some more Brits for ya. 83 Script of the Bridge. It's the Chameleons here today in Ghost Town.
Here today, The Chameleons from 1983. The album is Script of the Bridge. Those guys are fantastic. I've got some Gang of Four for you. Off the entertainment record, Guns Before Butter, you're a ghost town.
African and White, the 1981 debut single from China Crisis. Groovy. Dig it. All right, nearing the end of Ghost Town here. And uh, make sure you stay tuned for RFN Weekend with Matt the Proud Man. He'll be bringing you some jams to carry you through Sunday afternoon. Never a disappointment. All right, these next boys. They're touring North America. They just launched their ticket sales this past Friday. They will be in Nashville playing at the Ascend Outdoor Amphitheater by the River on September 18th. I'm super excited. I got a track for you here from the Violator record released in 1990. Here's Depeche Mode and Ghost Town.
a scar So I can't see her letting him go Walk out of her heart Walk out of her mind Oh, not her She's so squishy in her sad and tired In her bright gold and liberty bobbing hat Oh, God, I could do better than that Oh, yeah She's an old-time ambassador Sweet-talking night-walking games Darkest clubs for pushing ahead of the dames If she says she can't do it, then she can't do it She don't make false claims But she's a queen and such a queen That your laughter is sucked in the brains Now she's leading them on And she'll lay it right down Queen Bitch, that's David Bowie off of 71's Hunky Dory. Also Depeche Mode in there with Policy of Truth off of the Violator record. All right, this is Creepy Steve signing off. Matt the Proud Man's in the house. Stay tuned for RFN Weekend. You're listening to WRFN LP Pasquo. This is Radio Free Nashville. I'm going to carry you out with this track. We'll see how it plays. Looks like this thing's being finicky. I'm going to go ahead and switch it over here. Play it safe. Smooth transition for the Proud Man. One more from Adam and the Ants. It's been fun. I'm going to go home and make some soup. Peace. <laughs>